All nonprofit organizations need to make money, and they probably all need to make more money. Hi, everyone. This is Danny Hooper. I'm uh, one of your hosts at Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money and achieve greater success at your fundraising events. Now, if you're a fan of the podcast, just before we uh, get going here, we'd like to ask you uh, if you would please. This is so important. If we can get you to submit a review and give us five stars. What the heck? If you're going to take the time to make a review on iTunes, you might as well click the five star thing. It's just as easy as clicking the one star, which which bums us out when, we, when that happens. So go and give us a five-star rating on iTunes, and I'll tell you why it's important. It'll help other people find us out there to learn more about event fundraising. That's what we are all about. Now, today's episode is brought to you by yours truly. As I said, my name is Danny Hooper, and I'm a professional fundraising auctioneer and the author of a best-selling book. I'm proud to say it's called Easy Money, How to Generate Record Profits at Your Next Fundraising Auction Event. Uh, You can find it on Amazon by searching for Danny Hooper, that's H-O-O-P-E-R, or go to dannyhooper.com. My other co-host on the show is the wonderful friend of ours who actually came up with the idea for Events with Benefits, Renee Zhao from Donation Match. Renee. Hey, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Wanted to um, thank you for being here. Donation Match helps nonprofits like you uh, basically secure more donations for your fundraising events from companies who are willing to give. And may I also ask that if you have any suggestions for future topics, uh, specific feedback, we would love to hear from you at hosts, H-O-S-T-S, at eventswithbenefits.com as well. All right. Our other sponsor on Events with Benefits is none other than a great company called Winspire. And uh, here's their director of, or not director, but vice president of marketing, our good friend Ian Loth. Ian. Well, thank you, Danny, and it's always a pleasure to have you down here in sunny Southern California. You're looking very summer, summery today in shorts and a t-shirt. Did you come plan like that? <laughs> well, as you know, I'm from Canada, so anytime I get to come to California, this is just how I dress. <laughs> That's great. Well, we always love having you down. Um, and for those of you who are unaware uh, or unfamiliar with Winspire, what we do is we put together incredible travel packages for your live live auction, silent auction, and fundraising raffle for prizes. Uh, they're completely no risk. There's absolutely no upfront cost to use our packages in your event, to promote them to your audience, to include them and offer them, and you only purchase the packages that actually sell and raise money. And then we're a full-service travel agency. We take great care of your winning bidders with white glove service so that you don't have to worry about about it once the event is over. We whisk your winning donors away. You can check out more by visiting our website at winspireme.com. We'd love to see you. I bet you I've sold a lot of Winspire uh, packages at the auctions that I do, and I always... Uh, you know, I always think, don't be a wiener, deal with Winspire. I wrote that commercial for you. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. That should be our new motto, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to talk uh, We're going to talk about feedback. Now, this is something we've just asked you to give us feedback. We've asked for a five-star rating on iTunes. Renee said, give us feedback if you've got ideas how we can improve the show. Uh, feedback is hard to ask for, and it's something that we often don't like to receive. But it doesn't matter if you're in the private world or the nonprofit world. Feedback is ultra important, and we're going to talk to somebody who specializes in just that right now. His name is Kurt Wilson, based in Denver, Colorado, and his company is called Effect X. He does some real interesting work, and let's see what he does right now. And now we go to Denver, Colorado, the beautiful Rocky Mountains, uh, Mile High City, and we're talking with Kurt Wilson this morning, and Kurt is the founder and president of a company called Effect X. Great name. What exactly is it that you do, Kurt? Well, we work with nonprofit organizations to help uh, develop feedback systems to make their uh, impact and uh, and fundraising exponentially more effective. So the idea of exponential results is really what drives us. 
All right. Um, how important, well, that's a kind of a crazy question, I guess. I was going to say how important is feedback, and, and I guess we all, <laughs> <laughs> we, sometimes we don't like it and we don't want it, but uh, let's just talk about the importance of feedback in, in not, not just the nonprofit space, but every area of life. <laughs> well, that's no, that's exactly, and that's uh, and it's funny the the idea of uh, you know evaluation. I, I have a PhD in evaluation, and often there you know there's lots of jokes about you know to say I'm the evaluator is kind of like saying I'm from the IRS. It's uh, people people don't like evaluation because it triggers all kinds of PTSD of you know bad report cards or bad feedback or that type of thing, and um, you know so. But for me, I I don't like to. Think of it in terms of, you know, did you get a good grade or a bad grade, um, that kind of evaluation, but more in terms of, you know, what are what are the systems and the feedback that's going to make us more effective over time? So, um, you know, you think, uh, say, sports teams uh, are, are effective when, when they're working toward uh, working together toward uh, the, the scoreboard and uh, and they, there's all kinds of different feedback systems built into um you know how how they're doing, how they run the plays, uh, all kinds of statistics to help them uh, strengthen their game, and that's to me really what we're trying to bring to nonprofit organizations. Very good. Now, obviously, you identified a major need out there in the marketplace, and when I say marketplace, the reality is that the nonprofit world is very much a business. You know, and the advice that we give to to people, you know, to our clients, I'm a fundraising auctioneer, and the first uh, bit of advice that we offer our clients is that you need to stop thinking like a charity, and you need to start thinking like a business. So, obviously, in building your business, you've identified a need out there in the marketplace, and and uh, what exactly, how would you describe that need or that problem that you identified out there that you have set about to solve? Yeah, it's really uh, it's really trying to help organizations uh, convert from being focused on essentially communicating their good intentions to instead communicating the the actual input, uh, impact that they're making, the results that they're having. Uh, you know, the nonprofit space, unlike the business space, uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of situations, just runs on good intentions where, you know, I, I want to make the world a better place. I have this idea, and so I'm going to just set out doing it. And I can uh, I can gather around friends or donors or, or can, tell, can tell a few anecdotes to um, – to raise raise funds around those good intentions, but that that doesn't really sustain the organization for the long haul. Um, so so impact um, and uh, being able to talk about change lives is really the bottom line of the nonprofit sector. And uh, so helping organizations uh, be able to tell the story of change lives with power and clarity um, transitions from uh, you know just focusing on the intentions to to the actual actual the results uh, the change lives. What uh, is the typical, what, what type of organization uh, typically comes to you? Are these larger, uh, long-established nonprofits, or who do you serve? Yeah, it's a great question. I, it's really been the whole spectrum. So I've worked with the giant organizations like UNICEF and the World Food Program, all the way down to brand-new uh, startup uh, nonprofits. So uh, I think, to me, the the key isn't the size uh, or the budget so much as it is the uh, the leadership's recognition of the, the importance of effective feedback and and being able to measure their impact. Um, so um, so that's it's more of a it's more of a mindset than it is a size. 
All right, let's start uh, by taking a look then at a some somebody new or a new nonprofit, uh, an organization just getting started or in its early inception stage. How would you work with a, a group like that to get them on the right footing? Yeah, I'd look to uh, help them develop what's called a theory of change. Um, so the idea of being able to express in, in real clear terms uh, how it is that they uh, they plan to make the world a better place, how they plan to change whatever the situation is. Uh, again, often uh, there's there's good intentions and there's kind of vague understandings of if we do this, we think it'll make a difference, but sitting down with them and being really intentional about it and, and ideally being able to gather some literature and, and other evidence of of the different steps in that process to say, um, you know, that there's, there's good uh, research that would show if we do these things and it will lead to these results. Um, so that would be an early stage and then developing the, the tool box, the feedback systems, uh, you know, draft, say draft surveys, draft interview protocols, um, any kind of um, any kind of feedback tools like that that can help serve them uh, as they grow um, so they can gather uh, data and, and know that they're being effective. And how do organizations find out about you? Like, how do you, where does, where does your business come from? Do they, do these organizations come to you? Do they find you somehow? Or do you go out and, and uh, look for uh, nonprofits in need? Yeah, it's been a real mix. I, I have, have looked for, for them and, and gone out uh, anymore. Uh, my business uh, now is mostly a word of mouth and, uh, there's there's a number of organizations that will put out requests for proposals. Uh, so certainly like the big ones, like I mentioned, UNICEF and the World Food Program, that's all based on the uh, request for proposal and a, a competitive bid process. Um, so so the largest organizations uh, typically have a real formal process of, of working with consultants like that. Um, but I'm, I'm increasingly gravitating toward uh, you know, smaller organizations, a much more relational kind of approach um, than than those kinds of big requests for proposal. Interesting. Uh, projects, uh, can you take us, yeah. a, uh, can you walk us through maybe a case study without naming names? Uh, can you just walk sure. us through a case study of one of your, if we could call it a typical uh, type of client? Yeah, so it'd be, um, you know, as I mentioned, it'd be an organization where the, the leadership knows, and typically it would it would involve the senior leadership would know that they need uh, effective feedback systems to um, to be able to advance their um, their organization and um, yeah, often often there's some level of donor um, donor pressure this direction you know there'd be some uh, some major donors or some foundation that would uh, be asking for a report or would be asking for uh, external evaluation so that's uh, that's probably the case probably half the time and then um, and then the other half of the time, it would be just the the, uh, the executive director would know that this is important, and so uh, it's working with them. Uh, they so they would contact me. We would talk through the uh, the needs and the goals, and uh, develop a, a project plan that would be scaled to their budget and their um, their goals, uh, and would typically work in in terms of phases where you know we'd we'd start with a kind of immediate immediate needs and then work into larger phases and and um, often these these projects will transition into retainers where I'd have a long-term relationship with them mm-hmm. so would it be fair to say uh, is the the project plan what you call the project plan would that be the equivalent of what a business plan would be in the in the profit world 
Um, it, well, for me, um, it would be more. It would be more like a. Um, it'd be more like a proposal. Um, you know, where where my my engagement would be spelled out uh, in terms of the you know the deliverables, the deadlines, uh, the different phases. Uh, what I would need from the organization, what I would provide to the organization, those kinds of things would all be all be pinned down. All right. Uh, it could involve, yeah. I mean, it could involve uh, essentially a, a business plan for the nonprofit. The the theory of change that I mentioned before would be very similar to a business plan um, in a nonprofit context. What would you say are the three most common challenges that you observe that nonprofits are facing when you first make contact with them? If you could, if you could walk us through, say the three, yeah. the three biggest challenges. <laughs> well, but I guess the first one uh, would be essentially a, um, a the tension around evaluation, the sense of being pushed into it by again either by donors or their own sense of this is where the market is going, uh, but then feeling held back by fear of, uh, you know, doing it wrong or fear of, uh, oftentimes it's, it's a fear of the, the, the mission itself and what they're trying to accomplish isn't uh, readily countable. It's not something that you can measure, um, you know, like, um, you know, like counting bowls of soup in a soup kitchen. You know, there's so many organizations that do things that work with the intangible things like hope and increasing women's agency and empowerment and uh, these kinds of things. And so, so intangible missions uh, often are um, a, a real barrier. Um, so that would be uh, something that uh, that would be very common. Uh, I think the second thing would be really say misunderstanding around uh, data that, that there's, there's, the assumption that if if you can't count it or if you can't convert it to a number, then it's not real data. Um, so so we'll often have lots of discussion about quantitative versus qualitative data um, and how uh, how stories and 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 um, qualitative data can can be effective and rigorous uh, data in, in this process. Um, and I think the the third thing um, you know is is kind of just the tyranny of the urgent that. Uh, Feedback systems like this are, are kind of core central processes, but they're they're different than um, you know raising raising dollars to keep the lights on today. So um, so that would be probably the third third main barrier. All right, that, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, can you maybe share with us? Uh, we talked about a case study, but maybe can you give us an example of an organization again without naming names that that you started working with and, and where you were able to take that organization? Yeah, so there was uh, an organization again with one of these kind of missions that was really intangible, really uh, vague, but but very important. And so I, I've been working with them for several years to uh, figure out how to how to gather effective feedback uh, from their participants, how to know that they're making a difference, uh, and how to be able to communicate that. So we've been refining their tools and their process over time, and and have really built uh, a culture of learning uh, within the organization. Uh, and uh, have really built uh, very effective communications with their donors, uh, both uh, events and in um, and in grant requests, where they can they can tell a story about what they're doing in in very powerful ways using both quantitative and qualitative data, uh, the you know rating scales and and stories and and um, and quotes that uh, that really can be effective. So that's I guess that would be one one case uh, example. 
Excellent. You said something. You talked about communicating with donors, and that's uh, that's something I'd like to drill down uh, into here for just a couple of minutes, if we can. The importance of communicating with donors. Uh, I recently attended the Benefit Auctioneer Summit in uh, St. Petersburg, and they had a couple of people making presentations on the importance of communicating with donors and how poorly uh, that is done uh, with many, many organizations. So what are your thoughts on effective communication and the importance of communicating effectively with your donor base? And maybe you can offer some suggestions and ideas for our listeners. Yeah, it's definitely uh, often not done well. And and that's a lot of my passion. My early career, I spent six years in professional philanthropy. So was on the uh, on the receiving end of a lot of grant requests and, and went to a lot of benefits at that time. So uh, have had a lot of experience uh, with you know seeing what what works and what doesn't work uh, and the i think again to me the being able to tell about the life change uh, with power and clarity is is to me the real uh, the real bottom line of the nonprofit sector and and uh, a lot of times organizations will get away with uh, away from that and focus uh, say on the other kind of the mechanics of fundraising you know the 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 volume or the, the, you know, the colors or the pictures or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, peer pressure. Uh, There's, there's a bunch of other things certainly that can go into fundraising. Um, And to me, that's, that's all the, that, that the strategy and tactics are, are relevant. It's important to consider all of these things, but, um, but to me, they're, they're the, uh, the dressing around the, the main course and, and the main course really is, is the life change. Um, and and so so staying focused on talking about the life change um, to me is what I've seen is as the most effective and and that's really what's going to motivate you know, donors as well as staff because uh, staff are typically working for less than they can work in the market and, and that, that helps staff retention. All right, how often and how should nonprofits be communicating with their established donor base? Yeah, that's a that would be a multi-million dollar question there. <laughs> I guess uh I guess to me the the answer would be it, it you need to be targeted toward the donor. Um in our uh in our day and age there's there's not a general answer to that. I think it's you know audit, donor segmentation or 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 working with different different categories of donors and you know with different frequency, different um different methods I think is is definitely required. Uh, all the way down to really personalization and, and individualization, which which often happens, you know, certainly at the major donor level. Um, so I, I think um, I think the the um, the the art of of fundraising really is is the art of maximizing, developing that relationship, and maximizing it through communications. Okay, um, there's there's no. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, in a perfect world, what would it look like if you have a uh, a long-established, a major donor? Uh, how would you be treating that individual? How would you be communicating with that person? And you're talking about highly personalized communication. What, in real terms, what would that look like? Yeah, to me, that would it would uh, it would look like a, a handful of of very powerful, very emotionally connective stories. Uh, that that would um, that would be case essentially case studies of of the impact and the life change uh, that are supplemented by statistics and the the outputs the quality uh, the, the quantitative kind of volume of what the organization is doing so you, you tell the tell the story to root the um, 
root the emotion and and then use the statistics to, to talk about the scale and the scope of, of what you're doing. And those two things working together, uh, you know, to me, speak to the heart as well as to the head. So how do you deliver that message? What do you recommend? Do you deliver it by email, a handwritten letter, a personal face-to-face, a round of golf, lunch, dinner? What? Yeah, yeah. I think I think once uh, again, I think all of those methods can be appropriate. You know, and certainly for like for benefits, like you're talking about that, or, or events. Uh, the the most powerful events I've seen uh, have have the actual recipients uh, come in and talk about their own change life um, and. Uh, there was there was an organization working in Latin America that that brought people from the the recipients these women from Latin America up and I mean there's just not a dry eye in the place mm. uh, after hearing these after hearing these stories and it's just a couple of stories uh, and uh, but the but you hear about the life change in the in the language in the voice of of the uh, of the recipients and then. And then you hear the statistics about the scale and the scope, and and you 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 know you start to run the math in your head, and it's like, dang, that if if what I just heard is replicated thousands of times, like you're talking about, then this is exciting. Mm-hmm. And that you know that kind of event to me, that was just the most powerful thing uh, in terms of communication. Um, but you know, but that's that's an event, and you, obviously there's a lot of cost to that. Um, so I think, um, but in a in a similar way, in a round of golf. Uh, just keeping keeping the the head and the heart uh, balanced, uh, you know, where it's like, what what can I say to motivate the heart, and then how can I how can I uh, you know uh, tell this story, the story, the scope and the scale through statistics, and and doing both of those things. Mm-hmm. So any of those any of those actual tools, I think, can be used as long as uh, as long as you're. Uh, looking at both, uh, working with both the head and the heart. Yeah, and it really does often uh, distill down to the importance of good storytelling. And it's probably a reasonable recommendation for nonprofits out there. If you're having a hard time crafting your story, it's it's probably advisable to hire a, a professional copywriter, somebody who can who can actually uh, put put it together for you, so as that you have something to communicate effectively. Would that be an idea? Yeah, sure would. Yeah, sure would. Yeah. yeah. No, and and the and and the ability to tell it visually. You know, I mean, the powerful videos are just worth uh, worth their weight in gold. Um, so, Kurt, let's talk for a second. Then uh, you've mentioned video, and let's talk about the maybe. Well, we all understand and appreciate. It, I think the the value of an effective, well produced video. What are your thoughts as to the length of a video? Yeah, I mean, my main thought is just as short as you can possibly manage. Uh, if if you can tell a a single story and and then illustrate it uh, with statistics or something to talk about the scope, uh, I think uh, I think that can be done effectively in in a minute or less. Uh, I would definitely say probably no longer than three minutes uh, for uh, for any kind of fundraising video. Um, I worked in nonprofit marketing and advertising and, and produced a bunch of these videos, and it's uh, it's quite an art. Uh, I, I think having outside talent helping with that and outside perspective is often very important um, because because the outside outside people can help get to that kind of that core, a really short uh, thing easier than than an internal uh, team can. Kurt, uh, as soon as you said keep the video short, one to three minutes, all three of us here 
uh, at Events with Benefits put mm-hmm. our thumbs up. So we're glad to hear you reinforce that that point because it is a very, very important <laughs> one. And there's nothing worse when you get to an event and they have a long, drawn-out video. It doesn't matter how well it's produced. Uh, after a couple of minutes, the crowd starts to lose attention lots of times and the crowd gets out of control and then, then you've got a real problem on your hands. But but uh, glad to hear you say keep the video short and punchy. One to three minutes is good. Um, when did you start your company, Effect X? I was about five years ago. Uh, I was uh, I was doing my PhD in evaluation at Western Michigan University and uh, started it to uh, really focus on nonprofit organizations and, and helping them uh, with their feedback systems. Okay, and prior to starting your company, you were involved in the nonprofit world for a long time. So what are some of the big changes that you're seeing out there in the nonprofit space right now? And uh, Let's kind of drill down and take a look at, at the donor bases. Uh, I know one of the issues that we face as fundraising auctioneers is we're seeing the, the audiences at a lot of these events uh, aging right along with the auctioneers. And, uh, you know, when you just look at the whole baby boom, that curve, you see a lot of long-time, well-established, faithful donors just kind of aging and pulling back a little bit uh, with their philanthropy. Maybe what are your thoughts and observations there, and how can we counter some of the challenges being faced? Well, absolutely, and I've definitely observed the same thing. I, I, I think like my grandfather, his, his, you know, the World War II generation, he was had just lifetime relationships with a handful of organizations and for him uh, once he had that relationship uh, he would he would be faithful um, his his whole life because uh, he he knew these people he trusted them and that was all he needed to know for baby boomers uh, the relationship is certainly the the door in but then they they want to know is it making a difference uh, and uh, and I think millennials and younger generation it's it's even more important to be able to talk about the difference they they see their philanthropy as uh, is essentially like venture capital, where they're they're funding um, actual results and they're funding make, uh, something that's that's going to make a difference. Uh, so, uh, so the the need to be able to communicate the outcomes and the life change uh, to me just gets more important uh, the younger you go. And so that's the real trend I'm seeing in um, in evaluation and uh, in fundraising. And what are your recommendations to your clients uh, when it comes to communicating with the millennials? Uh, obviously, social media, I would assume, is probably most effective. And but how do we, how do we properly work with social media to get that message out? Yeah, I think uh, to me the the proper thing would be to have a digital native, have have a millennial running your social media yeah. campaign. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's that's the that's the key. Uh, I just, I, I don't have it. I don't know it. Uh, you know, so it's just, um, you know, I've, yeah, so that would be, that would be my main, my main, but I, I think the other piece is, is relationships. I mean, the millennials are, are, um, and, and I, I work with a lot of organizations with a lot of millennials and they, they want to be personally invested. They, they, they're as responsive to relationship as anyone. And so, you know, not just focusing on the media, but but actually developing relationship, I think, is uh, is another key. Okay. Well, that's great. Kurt, you've given us a lot of wonderful information here. Maybe you can just summarize now in a paragraph or so and, and uh, just uh, summarize what you have to offer to nonprofits out there. Yeah. So I, what I bring is an, a, an external perspective to feedback systems uh, that I bring my my background in philanthropy as well as my background in marketing uh, to be able to 
to bring a whole different kind of perspective to evaluation uh, that, that's informed by the fundraising needs and informed by the marketing needs uh, to, uh, to work in partnership with organizations uh, to develop uh, feedback systems to help uh, in, improve the, the effectiveness of, of both their program and their fundraising. Uh, so that's that's my real passion, and, and I'm excited for any chance to talk about it. Great. And just in very general terms, what is the cost to nonprofit organizations that work with companies uh, of your type or, or nature? Yeah, so my the, the cost is really dependent and on you don't the, need to the name scale. We're not asking you to name numbers, but just, just give us sure. a... Sure. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, my cost is... Uh, is uh, it's really dependent on the scope of the project, and and I can work. Uh, I, I've I've worked for uh, you know done very very small projects for as little as eight hundred dollars, and and uh, it, go, it goes up from there. So it just depends on the the scope of of what the need is. Uh, I work on a on a fixed uh, price level. So uh, so once we understand the the scope and the 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 budget, we'll uh, we'll develop a a proposal, and then that's a fixed. Um, fixed price so that the organization uh, doesn't have to worry about, you know, cost overruns and everyone knows, uh, you know, what, what it's going to cost. So, um, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, this has been very interesting. And uh, where can organizations uh, reach out to contact you? Best way to reach me is through email. Uh, my email is Kurt, K-U-R-T, at EffectX, E-F-F-E-C-T, the letter X, dot com. And uh, anyone uh, wants to talk about evaluation or, or uh, how to measure intangibles like hope or, or agency or these kinds of things, uh, I'd love to talk with them. Good. Kurt, I'm sorry, I forgot. I had a question I wanted to ask a, a while back, and that was uh, dealing with volunteers, organizations, nonprofits. A lot of them are, you know, heavily volunteer oriented, and you've got a lot of these volunteers flow in and out of the organization from year to year. Uh, what kind of challenge does that pose? Well, it it poses a real real challenge. Uh, certainly in terms of motivation, but to me, the volunteers really highlight the need for feedback system. I heard once that uh, organizations need information and their organizations feed on information as much as they do money. And I think when you look at volunteers, that, that becomes really clear. The reason volunteers are there is because they they feel connected or they want to feel connected to making the world a better place. So they're not there because of money. Uh, they're there because of of impact. Uh, and so to be able to to tell the story of the impact so that uh, they know uh, what contribution they're making and they can feel part of making a difference, uh, that's what motivates volunteers. That's what's going to keep them there long term. Uh, so developing the systems uh, to uh, to do that is is that much more important for volunteer retention. Great. All right. And uh, I would hope you'd be available for uh, consultation with uh, folks that are interested in talk to you. Are you able to offer a, a free consultation? I am indeed. Yep. So anyone that wants to uh, to talk, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, they can just reach me by email, Kurt at EffectX.com. Okay, very good. And we'll have all your contact information in our show notes as well. So, uh, Kurt Wilson, been a pleasure talking with you today. The company is called EffectX. And if you're looking for uh, creating some systems to get some feedback in your organizations to achieve greater results, this is definitely the man you want to be talking to. So, Kurt, thanks so much for joining us here on Events with Benefits. We really appreciate uh, your time. Sure, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.